Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Why, howdy, everyone, and welcome to Fight Club. Happy Tuesday. Hey, good morning. How are you guys this morning? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Fight Club for Business. We're the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. And we're a team of industry experts who are all self-employed and run our own businesses. And we get to be joined this week by Colin DeHan. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Almost. DeHan. DeHan. Okay. I had a feeling it was one or the other. Well, I apologize on that. I'm the worst when it comes to pronouncing names. But Colin, can you just give everyone a brief rundown of yourself and your business, please? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for the introduction, Taylor. My name is Colin Dehan. I live up in uh, Ludington, Michigan, and I run a roofing and seamless gutter installation company, not cleaning. Uh, everybody gets that confused when I say roofing and gutter. So I always specify that. Um, but we've got a team of 13 up here. And I actually just merged with a company down in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, so we did just over $2 million in revenue last year, and we'll be scaling to about $20 million this year. Um, huge, huge goals this year, and um, it's, it's a lot of fun. But the roofing thing and gutter thing is, is really just like, a, I guess, a vehicle to um, what we what I really want to be doing. My wife and I have a nonprofit for... Uh, teens who are aging out of the foster care system and where we are, we're still assembling, right? It's only been an official nonprofit for like three or four months. And it's a program for these teens who age out uh, a two or three year long program where they just learn life skills and how to contribute to the world and uh, be be a part of the world rather than just be, (laughs) yeah, living in it. So yeah, it's a, that's our, that's our why and why we're doing what we're doing. So Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I'm excited to talk to you about that a little bit. <laughs> Questions and already brewing. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Colin, for introducing yourself. And I'm Taylor Maroney. If this is the first time you're joining our show, I co-own a pressure washing company with my husband in South Florida. And um, my background really has been in marketing. It started in graphic design and then led into the marketing world. And I've worked with a couple different marketing companies, specifically with small business owners. And in that, I learned that the numbers are really do what matters just as much as Megan talks about numbers in your business. The numbers matter within the marketing and being able to make those decisions uh, from those numbers to accurately build your budgets, build your plans and, you know, build your entire future within your company for your marketing campaigns is what I love to do. So super excited to say welcome back to Fight Club, everyone, and happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, and my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and inspire small business owners to make more money, have higher profits so they can live more financially rewarding lives. Um, I have many wives that are outside of my companies too and love working with nonprofits. We have one in our area that I'd love to talk to you about who does that also. They notice that there's this gap when you age out. Um, And so with our Rotary Club, we help um, them move into their college dorms and we help furnish their first apartments. And it's it's a really interesting age and period, uh, especially for foster youth when they are aging out of the system. So that's awesome. And I'm excited to talk about that. And I 
I get inspired to tell people that once you get a financially stable business, then it's not about making money for yourself anymore. Now it's about how can you make money for others and how can you serve others and how like that's that's what I get passionate about is inspiring people to make differences in their employees lives, in their own lives and in their communities lives. So this is very exciting. Um, welcome to Fight Club, Colin. We're excited to have you. And uh, I'm going to pass to uh, Michelle. Hey there, Colin. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> uh, my name is Michelle Myers, and I'm the co-owner of Pink Collars. And we put remote customer service reps in your business. So if you need somebody helping you with phones and email and chat and all the things that all the Stevens in the world do, and I promise we're not going to talk the whole hour about Steven. <laughs> but if you have a Steven or a Sally or anyone in your business that um, does that incredibly crucial job in your company, um, we help support that in a remote way if you need help. Um, I'm super excited to have you here, Colin, and can't wait to talk to you about all things nonprofit too. My husband and I kind of adopted a nonprofit this year, so I have my own 501c3, but it's an event. It's not as awesome as putting teens into the world in a steady way. So I want to hear all about that too. I'm excited to talk to you. And our fourth person who would normally be here is Martha. And Martha is looking at awesome places for her next event, her next QDS event. So she might be popping in. It looks like we lost Megan for a second, um, but she might be popping in. So we'll hand you back over to Tay. Tay gets us kicked off every time and she will let us know what's going on in the world of marketing. And we can't hear, wait to hear what you do, especially in all the way up there in the Northland, way yeah. up there, way up there. <laughs> like totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, totally. No, yeah. No. And that weather is wacky. Spring breakers right now, aren't you? Oh yeah. It's, I joke all the time. Like people are like, oh, it's just spring break for like a week. I'm like in Florida, it's break for like two months. Like <laughs> exactly. your country has different spring breaks and it's madness in Florida. We went to my favorite place, Disney last weekend, and it was crowds of people everywhere and kids running all over the place and i was like i totally forgot how long spring break is in florida take <laughs> like a month great for the great for the economy we'll take it we'll take all the business we can get but uh <laughs> it's definitely madness absolutely <laughs> well i do want to talk about briefly kind of start colin obviously um you've built the company very successfully and marketing is involved in that but I don't really want to talk this week about how we got the marketing involved and how it started and all those things happened. I really kind of want to take a moment and talk about how you're planning to really build in your nonprofit to the value um, within your company, because that in, in its sense is its own marketing kind of piece that you can really help sell emotionally to different clients that you're working with. And I haven't gotten the opportunity to talk with someone about that yet. And you're, you're the perfect person. You yeah. opened the door for me. So I'm yeah. going, I'm going to take it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really good question. Um, Cause it's not something I've really invested a ton of time into yet. So um, I'm open to, to some suggestions from you ladies as well. Um, that's, that's something we, me and my partners now uh, with the Cleveland location uh, have been talking about is how, what's like our, you know, we can install a roof, right? We can install seamless gutters and then we can do a really bad installing a roof or a really bad job installing seamless gutters, right? We have humans, it's going to happen, right? right. We're gonna make a mistake. Um, but what can we like have our customers rally and get behind that? They literally can't hate our company because they still believe in something, right? Um, you know, so there's things like, 
Uh, obviously, you see my signs behind me, and I'm a, I love America. Um, so we thought, like, we'll be, like, the most patriotic. We'll install flags at every location, right? Every person that buys from us. Um, we've thought about um, donating to different different nonprofits, you know, um, helping fight, um, <clears throat> like, domestic violence and depression and uh, PTSD, all those different things that people love to get behind, right? Right. Um, but then now we have now we have Hope Acres as the nonprofit um, that my wife and I have, and it's it's a perfect avenue because uh, there's there's like eighty six percent of these these youth end up homeless, which is astounding, right? And I'm sorry, I don't know the actual number of how many are aging out every day. Um, but it is like thousands that are aging out every single day um, who have gone unloved, um, untaught, right? Usually they're not in school for, you know, an adequate schedule, right? And um, they're definitely not in, embraced, right? Most times, you know, if, they're, if they are, they're usually adopted and they don't age out of the foster care system. So um, they don't have the life skills to really, really contribute to the world. So how we, I, I'm not, we're not 100% certain on how we like intermingle them and make it work. Does our, does our Pally Roofing brand um, support it How and how big, right? Because uh, it could, it can muddy the waters a little bit with, you know, my, my business that makes good money um, funding our nonprofit. You know, I don't want I don't want to have a another goodwill situation on my hands, if you will. So, yes. yeah, we're uh, we're just trying to find the the fine line of what's what's realistic and what's not. So, absolutely, and I think well, one, I appreciate you being open about not having the full decision yet, right? Yeah. And I think it'll be fun to actually have a discussion. We don't get to do this too often, so Megan definitely, I see her gears kind of turning. Michelle too. Um, it's something that I look at the emotional side of the sale, right? So from the roofing side of and siding and gutter side of the company, there's really a way that you can do exactly what you had mentioned, right? We can install gutters and roofs and siding and we can do a great job or we can not do the best job one day. It, it will happen. I mean, it's happened to all of us. Yep. But having that piece of I'm giving to something more though. I'm, I'm not just getting my roof done. I'm helping impact a child's life. Right. I'm helping them get into the world and be able to get on their feet and start their life on a lot better note than they've been in the past 18 years. That's something by including that charitable donation into that really kind of starts to remove the kind of, I always say like that nitpicky kind of miss of what can go wrong on a job site um, because they know they're doing things for a greater cause, right? And right. yes, I'm getting my roof done or I'm getting my siding redone, but I'm also impacting that life. So to me, that's very, very well could be worked in marketing wise to the business and not necessarily, I agree, not necessarily fully fund, which I'll let Megan kind of handle that money side of it because she's definitely the expert on that, but be able to connect those causes together. And I also, I mean, I, when you were talking, my mind was going crazy. It's like, I was like, I could see like a training program. Like I could totally see like Colin having you know, an option for them to go to college. If they wanted to do trade school, they could do it with his roofing company or the signing. Like it's, there's so much room for opportunity and growth for these kids. And all while 
you know, the business is still running on its own, right? It's we're helping two separate entities work. One's changing the lives of children and the other is supporting your family, supporting the other families involved in your partnership while putting on new roofs and siding and gutters. So I think there's a lot of great opportunity here for you. And um, did you did the trade option of kind of putting these kids through a training process ever come to mind for you? Oh, yeah. So we plan on doing like tiny houses. Um, so they all have their individual thing. Um, oh, that's awesome. We want them to build a tiny house from scratch in their time in the program. So they learn um, plumbing and electrical and drywall. And maybe they're like, man, I really love electrical. Hey, great. You know what? I know this company that's looking for an apprentice. Right. Um, and we can, you know, I hate the word funnel in this situation, but funnel them where, where their heart desires. So, um, yeah, doing that. And then obviously, and it's going to take a community. Uh, we're going to start in our small town, Ludington. And we want to fly people in from all over because Ludington doesn't have a ton of teens aging out of the foster care system, but um, fly them in from all over. And it works here because I've, I've connected with everybody. Um, but as we continue to scale, it's going to take a you know a full community. We're going to need people like the Megan likes to come in and teach them how to how to financially manage their lives. You know, I would love to have someone like Michelle who just teaches people how to be happy, like she is. So. Pick me, pick me. I'm ready to teach some more people. Let's do it. Yeah, right. So and yeah, it's just we're it's going to take a whole community of people, and it, that is what's really exciting. Is it's going to be something that the community gets to get behind as well and really adopt so absolutely good and i can see your your passion behind it and i'm sure your wife's the same way it's it, you definitely see your heart is in this and it's in it for the right reasons and i 100 percent believe that you can incorporate this into your marketing in a wonderful and beautiful format um and i can't wait to see what how it turns out i really i'm very excited to follow this journey with you guys <laughs> and be able to see how you know we're all able to impact lives and any way that we can help down here in South Florida, let us know because awesome. we would be happy to be a part of this. Love it. Thank you, Taylor. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and kind of let you talk money with Megan. I have a feeling she's going to stick on the same topic, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't, I thought we we're going to go from 2 million to 20 million and talk about that. And like, how do you do that in a year? Uh, or we're going to talk about new partnerships and how you like incorporate cultures and different teams. We can absolutely talk about uh, charitable giving as a business philosophy. Um, Likes Accounting and Bookkeeping Academy are one of these businesses for good, which means that like for everything that we do, we give. So kind of like the Tom's model, right? So for every pair of shoes you buy, you give. Uh, Bookkeeping Academy did that since day one. For every student that enrolls, we enroll a new student. Um, for every person who likes our Facebook page or joins our newsletter, we give something away, whether that's like clean water to kids in Ethiopia or a bike to kids in Cambodia or books to kids in India or like sewing training to women. like all over we we've done a little bit of it we do like a lot of kenyan bee farming support uh with bookkeeping academy so i like this idea of like when you give me money i'm going to be a good steward of that money and i'm going to tell you exactly what i'm going to do with that money like who i'm going to give it to and how that's going to work I, likes accounting i really wanted to do it um there's this program in our town called um freedom from hunger and the idea is that they do like budgeting training for families in Africa where they really like empower the women to understand how to like save 
after the harvest and make it through, you know, the slow season or the low season and have enough money to start the next year. I was so excited about that. And in California, <laughs> we couldn't do that. You could not do direct giving. Um, you could not have, like, unless you were registered in a certain way with the state, you couldn't do that. So what I like is you've kind of bypassed this because you've created your own registration within your state. So you're doing it through your own entity. You don't have to worry about disclosing it or making it extra complicated. So if I'm just giving the background for a second and having a little bit of a monologue, because if you're listening to this, and you're like, this is a great idea. I want to go do it. I just want to warn you, like, depending on your state, there's different ways you can do this. You can't just say for every dollar we earn, we're going to give 10 cents of it to this nonprofit in most states. Now, if you start your own nonprofit, that's slightly different. So now let's get to Colin, your specific situation where you have started your own nonprofit. So you have the opportunity here to really make it tangible for your buyers. And that's what I would encourage you to do. People like to buy something. So if, if for like every new roof, you fund a tiny home, or for every new roof, you fund a roof on a tiny home, or for every new roof, you fund a week of trade school training, like... They like to buy something. So if you could figure out the way to make that money make sense for you, you've already like skirted all the other issues of Secretary of State reporting because the, the entities are related, um, meaning you can do the disclosures yourself. Um, I, I love that. I, I'm sure Taylor's like, wait, can I go again? Because she has other ideas about this. Um, but yeah, so have you, do you have any, like, do you know what the tangible thing is that people are going to give you? Or that they're going to give by doing business with you yet? No, I don't. I don't have that yet. So what if, no. what if you like furnished it? Like, I think that could be cool. Like, right. um, you know, we'll furnish uh, the housing for that's something that our nonprofit does. Well, it's not my nonprofit, but the nonprofit I work with called Make It Happen YOLO. Um, they do all the furnishing. So they found that there's like a lot of support for housing for aging out foster youth. There's actually good grants there. There's a lot of support for schooling. There's good grants there. There was no support for like, anybody remember the first time they moved into a house and you had to go to Walmart to buy like plastic bags and right. like, like toilet bowl cleaner. Like there's no support for that. Nobody buys that stuff. And it's like hundreds of dollars, right? Right. Thousands of dollars. right. Um, yeah. And we can give all of our stuff. Like I think your community could get behind like um, this nonprofit is super cool because they have these storage units and the kids get to go shopping. So they can be like, I want this bedding set and I want this kitchen set and I want mm. this like pots and pans set and I want this knife set. And it's all used stuff, but it's good quality used stuff. And for them, it feels like they have a choice. Like for the first time ever, they get to go shopping and like they get to furnish their first thing and like they mm. get to choose what it is. That's beautiful. That's good. I like that idea. Right. I'm in on that, Colin. What can we do? Yeah, and Michelle is a designer, so I know my brain's like, going crazy. Michelle's going crazy. <laughs> Michelle's gonna like design the tiny homes for these people. Has a console that can just That's picture right. it. Um, Jeff and I, fun fact, may be building a tiny home in the very near future. So this is a uh, nice. yes for ourselves. Not, okay, wow. now when I say tiny, I mean not like 300 square feet. I mean like <laughs> 600 square feet, but you know, like tiny-ish, <laughs> small-ish. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's go back to the money part of this. What I have found, and I'm sure what you will find is when your customers start doing business with you and they know that that is a business for good, that, that those dollars spent with you are now going to be going to something else, they will pay a premium right. every single time. 
the example is like a coffee shop model, right? So if you have a, a coffee shop here and it's $5 for a cup of coffee and a coffee shop right next door that's $6 for a cup of coffee, the $6 cup of coffee, if they say for every cup of coffee that we sell, we're going to provide, you know, clean water to a coffee farmer for a week. You always buy the $6 cup. Not always, but it's like statistically like over 80% of the people will choose right. to support the business for good. Absolutely. Right. No, and that's that's the model we're going for. Uh, we got to figure out our, our what, you know, what we're mm -hmm. going to do and what we're going to actually give. So, yeah. What I've learned with Bookkeeping Academy is it can be fluid. So um, you can actually look at Bookkeeping Academy's page or the likes accounting page and it will say we've done over, you know, I think 11,000 impacts at this point. And, and we're constantly evolving, right? Like based on my staff, so my staff chooses, and then based on my customers, my customers choose. Um, so you don't 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 worry about it being perfect the first time, and you can start small. Like the first time could be like, you know, I don't know, a new wardrobe, or like work tools. That could be a really good one for them to build their tiny home, right? You could give them the startup tools. Um, so I wouldn't be too stressed about being perfect from the beginning. Uh, just try a couple things, and you'll see what resonates. Right. Um, Okay, let's talk more about let's talk about your partner. Like, so you just took on a new partner. Yeah, actually, actually, or he just took you on. Oh, okay, yeah. or two. Holy right. cow! So, yeah. talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, my good friend Philip has owned Schmucker's Roofing down in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, for oh, I think it's like fourteen years now. Um, so he's had one really key employee with him the last six years. And he part he promised him equity in the company right as I was talking to him about merging. And I realized the value in Paul as well. So I said, well, let's give Paul equity as well. So let's just do it all in one and it, and it works. So now I have two partners and um, it, is a, it is a learning curve having business partners. You know, I can't just be like a cowboy anymore and just <laughs> hip. And, um, and, and they're learning too. You know, a few things like we've had to, we've had to hone in. We've each got our, our division that we oversee, right? And when we're crossing over, it's really hard when you have to hear like, hey, stay in your lane. Crap. <laughs> you know, um, or when somebody comes to you with an, with an idea and it's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Now, how is it scalable? Well, we'll just do that. No, that, that's not scalable. That works because you're still in it. Right. Um, crap. <clears throat> just as easy as I thought. Yeah. How do we make that work in this location? <clears throat> I haven't thought about that okay, before you implement it, you need to think about it. And then it just dies because it's not that important, right? So um, it's, been, it's really cool having that instant accountability because as entrepreneurs, we are, I mean, we all have that, that squirrel tendency, right? Like, oh, squirrel, and let's chase that $150 quick, right? And it doesn't, it doesn't work. So um, having that instant accountability before I go and implement something is, is really awesome. And so I'm assuming you guys have been very thoughtful about your partnership in advance. Like, right. did you spend a lot of time working through that partnership agreement and through all of the different, like, can you tell people, this comes up a lot in business actually, like, mm -hmm. hey, I want to, I'm here and I want to get here. How do I do it? And people are like, take on a partner. And you're like, no, I started yeah. this thing by myself. I don't yeah. want to take on a partner. Like, what do I do? And they're like, no, take on a partner. Seriously, they'll get you from here to here. So um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Like, the thoughtfulness. I mean, it sounds like you also had like a merger. So this is not just a traditional starting a partnership. You're also yeah. merging things. Uh, exactly. We have, we have Martha. We have a guest. 
not a guest. Well, a guest. Hey there, Martha. Hey there. Um, okay. I love it. We got our little AirPods. We, we, we're professionals. We've done this a time or two. Uh, the last time I think Martha and I did it, we were looking at the ocean. So, But we're in New Orleans. It, I mean, it could be worse. But we're not well, looking at the ocean. Well, it's the so. time to do Final Four is happening down there. It's probably getting really yeah. good. But, um, I'm sorry, Megan. I forgot the question. Uh, the question was the thoughtfulness going into a partnership with Eyes Wide Open. Yeah. So I actually, at Conquer Summit is where my brain kind of like blew up. Um, I had I had this like self-limiting belief, you know, my my business, it does well. And it's, you know, we're by far the largest roofing and gutter company within really like 80 miles uh, before you get to big cities. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, I could max this thing out around like $5 million. And um, we had a speaker, James Lawrence, and he was... Was this the tough guy, the guy, the super fit guy, the cowboy guy? That yeah, guy the Iron yeah. Cowboy, is that what he's called? Iron Cowboy, yep. Okay. And... His whole his whole speech was really just like you can push past this guy? Your mental. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that book right there. I got my copy somewhere. On my <laughs> um, I just really deep dove into it. Right, his whole his whole philosophy is that our, we we limit ourselves significantly. Our bodies are capable of so much more. Our brains are capable of so much more. Mm -hmm. And how how much we limit ourselves. So I wanted to tap into that. So I went. I was at Summit um for that was whatever like a week four days mm -hmm. and then my wife and i did another like 12 days down in florida so i was on vacation for two weeks and it was awesome and i just really dove into like where am i limiting myself and then his speech was followed up by brandon vaughn and talking about mergers and when to add a second location and everything right and acquisitions all of it and i was like crap and I, I literally like looked over because I was I was in the group with Philip and Wesley and they were all seated at Michelle's table. <laughs> I was because I'm a new coach, I was coaching another table. And I look over and I literally felt like God was just shining a light down on Philip. And I was like, Oh, maybe I'm supposed to talk to him about this. And so the conversation started then. And then I just started really deep diving into it. And then um he was obviously interested, right? So um, that was the easy part is like getting the idea. Um, and then it was the logistics of it, right? Writing up in just the entire agreement in buyouts and force outs and all this, all this crazy stuff that I had never heard of before. <laughs> that's, that's where I want to sit because I feel like so many people will be like, yeah, we're partners now. We like each other. We have similar like ideas and we want to go in the same place. So like, Cool. And then they pull up a partnership agreement on, online and then they're like, great, now we're partners. Okay, yep. accountant, what do we do next, right? Exactly. And I feel like those fail almost 100% of the time. Yeah. And so to be really thoughtful in advance, um, I happen to be sitting with business partners right now and they will tell you how much of a pain in the ass I was when we did our partnership <laughs> agreement. And I made them talk through like every single death scenario, every single falling out scenario, every single money scenario. And I was like, no, guys, we're talking about this now before it's a problem so that when it is a problem, 
And I swear that partnership agreement has saved Fight Club more than once. Like when somebody wanted out, I'm like, great, so we're going to kill it. And they're like, no, we're not killing it. I was like, well, the partnership (laughs) agreement said, you do that, we're killing it. And they're like, no, 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 don't kill it. So I I love to hear that you were, I knew you were going to say you were thoughtful about it. And I want our listeners to really hear this. Like partnerships are an amazing vehicle to get you from where you are today to where you want to be. Finding a good partner is the easy part, right? Yep. Deciding that you want to work together is the easy part. Executing on that and executing on it thoughtfully and well is the hard part. And that's where you should spend the majority of your time is negotiating through like what happens when this is not an ideal situation? What happens when these are not going smoothly? So Mm -hmm. in that context, I'm sure you have more to share there. Like any other fun (laughs) things that you want a listener to know or somebody who might be sitting there like thinking, wow, I heard Brandon Vaughn speak and there was a light shining on so-and-so, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, that's really easy. No. Um, So it, yeah, it took us about two months from start to finish to get the agreement where we wanted it. Uh, I hired an attorney instantly. Like I knew if I was paying him good money, I was going to want it really, really good. Um, and then I saw a lot of wise counsel, right? I, I talked to some of my mentors who, who have done it, right? I'm like, hey, what are things I'm missing? Here's, here's where I'm at right now. And they're like, nope, you need this too. You need this. And I'm like, what is this? Right? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, and being able to just humble myself because it's, it's easy to, you know, Try and try and think you know everything. I'm like, oh yeah, I can I can figure that out. And then Google tells you like half the description of it, you know, half the definition. And <laughs> you're like, ah oh, crap, I should have asked that question. So um, yeah, it was it was it was hard. Um, and I, I was more like the Megan, I I think, in this situation because I don't want to have a, a failed business, right? So I wanted all of our eyes and all of our eyes dotted and T's crossed. Um, we. But- the death rate of partnerships, if you're listening to this, is crazy high. And as an accountant who has witnessed them, it's nastier than a divorce. Like it's it's the worst thing when a partnership fails. And so I, I like to hear, like, and I want to encourage anybody listening, just be really open-eyed about it when you go into it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I actually, the brain trust that we've created, and it sounds like that you've created, you will go to 20 million. Like you can go to heights that you've never been able to go to before, but it's very, it's very complicated. It's so much harder than just finding somebody that you like to work with and working with them. Yeah. Um, okay. So we, we have to pass to Michelle, but before we do, <laughs> let's just talk. Like I want to end on, so that felt kind of like, it sounds like Colin and I could hang out in this dark and gloomy place about all the what ifs of disaster. Um, and so we can't end on that. Let's end on um, the hopeful part of this partnership. So going from 2 million in 2021 to 20 million in 2022, Talk, talk us through that yeah. real briefly. Yeah. So the company that I merged with did three and a half million um, in the Cleveland market. So un- underperforming, right? Um, not a horrible year, but underperforming. Um, that location is capable of doing about $10 million. Uh, we're we're going to be at nine. Um, and the goal is by June to, to drop another location on the opposite side of Cleveland. Mm. And so we've already, I mean, I've been moving really, really quick down there. I've got a GM, I've hired in multiple admin down there. Um, so it's ready to scale because uh, both of the partners were still pretty active in the company doing the jobs of three to five people, right? So um, had to change pricing, all that good stuff, right? Just changing the pricing alone brings them from three and a half mil to about five mil. Um, wow. So wait, just stop. Let that sit. 
That's huge. They changed their pricing <laughs> and they added 1.5 million to their top line. But guess what? Also to their bottom line, right? When you change your pricing and right side it, you increase the bottom line as well. I love that. Okay, so he fixed the pricing. He got the owners, because these are owners now. Both right. of these are partners. He got them out of the business by systematizing and documenting and pushing and saying that's not scalable, like being on their shoulder constantly. Right. Um, and it sounds like some good hires too. So we could spend an hour talking through that formula that you just like snuck in in the last 30 seconds. But <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there because I felt like that was a hopeful place to leave it. Um, we can't wait to hear, you know, in, in nine months from now, how this is going and how this went. I'm afraid we're not going to see much of you in June if you're adding a new location, but hopefully we still get to see you in Nashville and, um, and uh, we're excited about it. Okay. So we're going to pass to Michelle. She's going to talk about systems. And then because I, I like we're traveling, can somebody name us for Martha when we switch? Sorry. And I can't seem okay. to be taking notes. So I'm doing on Facebook. Okay. Sorry for the Thanks. internal dialogue, everybody. Usually we have like our secret channels, but they're not working today. <laughs> okay, so Colin, you hit on a couple of system things while you were talking with Megan, and I loved them. And one of them for me was hiring a GM and changing pricing at the same time. A lot of people don't see that as an actual strategy or system, but it actually is because getting that owner out of the seat is as important as new software and new tools and new things and new purchases and all the things that a lot of other owners will do. They'll, they'll focus on the other stuff. They'll be like, Oh no, we need to go buy this new tool. We need to put it all in this new CRM. We need to start a whole new process. Right. And that's where I live and breathe. But I think sometimes the best system of all is just another human being to do right. it. Right. Cause it just like, what does Brandon Vaughn say? It just compresses time. It just compresses right. the time. So I am very fortunate in that my leadership team is actually here today. They're actually all downstairs working on Ooh. some stuff and I know it's super exciting. And we have hired a, a attraction integrator, no implementer, pardon me. See, I don't even know all the terms yet, but he's coming at one o'clock to start implementing traction for us. So I'm employing that as a system in my business because I have the people. Now I need to put a little bit more framework around them. So tell me with this new manager, tell me what kind of framework you're going to put here. She in so that they are successful. Right. And then tell me what, traction is and what you see that versus kind of the Tommy Mello. We were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Sometimes a super great visionary can literally do it all, right? And they don't need a system like traction. Yeah. Where do you stand on those two avenues? And tell right. me kind of how you're thinking of moving forward in your business, please. Yeah, yeah that was a loaded question. Sorry, so, I know. That was huge. <laughs> so um, I spent the last year, I knew like my goal in my little location in Ludington um, was always to work myself out of it, right? So I spent the last year as a GM building everything that I do and everything that would help me um, do that job better, right? Uh, so I, I spent a whole year building that out. So hiring the GM was actually like, it was super easy because I had all the framework. Yeah. These are your yeah. guys. These are, these are the reports you're going to be reporting to us as owners. Mm -hmm. This is where you get all the information. Um, these are, this is a bunch of ad copy for you to use to hire these positions. And yeah. I just, I made it really simple. Um, but we're already seeing the fruit of him. I mean, one weekend, um, he just did his first presentation to us as owners okay. and we got off that call or he got off the call and we yeah. had an owners meeting. Sure. They were like, Holy crap. We've never had a presentation 
like that before. And Mind blown. Isn't it awesome when you have an employee that brings all this information to you? Now we can make educated decisions in this owner's meeting. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, that was that was really, really cool um, to have that because I've never had that either. Right. Like yeah. I expected it, but I, I never had that because I've never had a GM. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it's been, it was really, really cool uh, having that implemented and seeing it work and having a GM is like, I mean, I want to start by saying it was the most fun interviews I've ever done because yeah. it's like, it's like talking to you girls, right? Yeah. And it's, talking <laughs> okay. level. it's not like, okay, so how many days a month are you going to call in sick? Yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not different. that type of conversation, right? Um, so it was, it was really fun. I almost like, I caught myself having to limit my interviews because they yeah. it was just getting out of hand. So um, <laughs> I love it. So what I'm hearing, that. okay, go ahead. <laughs> go for it. Sorry. Uh, so what I'm hearing is you're having this person, him report KPIs to you every, every week so that you guys can have, you know, re- make informed decisions. And everybody knows probably the standard KPIs that he's reporting, but Tell me how he's delivering those those to you. Are they a spreadsheet? Are they a, a Zoom call? Like, what is the actually nitty gritty that works yeah. for your business? Yeah. So I, you know, I live six hours away from that location. Okay. Uh, so it's we do our owners meetings and our GM meetings all via Zoom. Okay. Um, but then we are Google based, right? So it's Google. Um, we've got it on a Google Drive, right? Okay. He just creates a new copy of it and fills in. Fills in all the numbers, but essentially it's an Excel spreadsheet. You know, okay. he'll, uh, he'll break down gross profit per service. Um, you know, all of our sales metrics. You know, closing rate, average ticket, all that good stuff. Um, everything. You know. And so, but, what I'm hearing is, it doesn't have to be a complicated system, right? It doesn't have to. You don't have to create some big monster no. that you have to feed every week. It can be something as simple as a spreadsheet. I know Megan is the queen of spreadsheets. Yeah, you know how I built mine. I literally took my my iPad and I have I use an awesome app called Good Notes and I drew out what I wanted it to look like, literally just like pen and paper, and I handed it to Stephen, and I said, Stephen, can you make this look really pretty and something that's fillable? He goes, I'll figure it out. Maybe you got it done. <laughs> and, uh, we love Stephen. Can we? That's. I feel like we made it like twenty minutes, thirty-seven oh. minutes, and we just now we're talking about Stephen. Oh, can we just sit here for a minute? Sorry, it, Michelle, but oh my come gosh, on. I didn't realize you hadn't connected them. Yeah. So now you like calling more. Yeah. yeah right <laughs> now, now you have street cred. Yeah. <laughs> and for anybody listening or watching, Stephen, go ahead and explain who Stephen is, Colin. And then we'll explain well, our side. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Stephen is, uh, he's my in- integrator, my implementer, whatever you want to call him now. But I hired him seven months ago at like my lowest level of pay. And he was going through some stuff in his personal life and came in my office one day and just said, I want to be better. I don't fit in here and I want to. And um, changed his life. Um, and has just been like a freaking rocket ship. Not even like this, just like, straight up yeah. and um, just absolutely killing it. And yeah, so he's, uh, he's, he's my dude that I rely heavily on. Well, so. And we all got to meet him. Michelle, we're just bragging on Stephen for a minute. You didn't even miss anything because you already know how awesome he is. Uh, we all so got sorry. to meet him in Nashville and we, we did. Adore him. We adore him. I mean, all I told Colin, 
rockstar admin I training uh he you brought yeah. your like rockstar like yep. legit rockstar and he was one of two guys in the room well three yeah. one of yep. three guys in the room um and it was he killed he was a he was amazing he was always like 10 steps ahead of anybody and was very helpful at his table um good guy really I'm, good guy. hi steven if you're watching this we miss you <laughs> hi steven yeah, he was great. And tell me, is he your integrator in your business? Is he the guy that just kind of makes all the different people do all the different things? So he takes uh, yeah. a Collins chicken scratch and turns it into a Google sheet that works. That's right. I, it's yeah. And that's, there's that person is so important in your business. We're finding that person in our business. So I can't tell you how much relief it's brought. So I think it's so critical when you find that person. So um, what are some of the things that others can look for in people in their team that might be able to identify the Stevens in the world, or in my case, the the Taylors in the world. I know I know a few things I've now looked for, but what are you looking for, Colin, for those that are listening? Yeah, so for me specifically, I look for people the exact opposite of myself. So, <laughs> um, I am extremely high energy, and don't get me wrong, like Steven doesn't have like no energy. So, yeah. but I am really high energy. I have a mm -hmm billion ideas i can never like complete things <laughs> with real excellence uh, that's something that i struggle with i'll like kind of half asset for lack of a better term um yeah. and yeah that's i love like i'm a huge people person i'll sit and i'll talk and talk and talk and talk um so i look for the opposite right yeah. uh, I, what i realized was i have integrators and implementers around me like my banker mm -hmm. uh, Shout out to Ryan Sabin if he's listening. But um, <laughs> the dude is just like, boom, 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 boom. Like if I'm getting a loan for something, he's on it and he's reminding me. And I'm like, all right, when I look to hire GMs, you're the type of person I want to hire. So I interviewed him. Like I called up all the people that I know that are, that are these integrator <laughs> mentor people. And I have a whole, on my iPad, handwritten thing of like, different things that they value, skill sets that they, you know, different things that they do um, and just how, like, what are catchphrases and keywords that attract them if they're looking for work. Um, hmm. Well, that's how I hired my GM is looked for that. So just to clarify, but no, this is a no. perfect transition to hand you over to Martha and she'll talk to you about people and how picking the right person is a huge thing. You have to choose the right person that works for your business. So I totally get it. Um, thank you so much, Colin. You were very insightful. Yeah. I, I want to do a Megan and say, everybody needs to stop and listen to what you just said about um, how you interviewed people, not people that you were thinking about hiring, but you knew they had those traits that you were looking for yep. in the position you were hiring. So you went out and interviewed them and found some commonalities on their core values, et cetera. And um, then you could take that information and then better run a better informed interview. Yeah. Right. What's that? If I take notes on the screen, so I can screw you up. Oh, no. Sorry, we're sharing a computer and I'm the note taker. So hang on, pause. We're good. Okay. Uh, now yeah. she's watching the delayed version. Yeah. I, but it's okay. so good. So um, interview those who have the traits and then use those to inform your future interviews. Got it. 
So when we interviewed, we had our however many questions and I had answers that I was looking for. So I kind of had a, a bad, okay, great kind of yep. answer system. And, um, and you know, not everybody is going to pigeonhole and fall into exactly what you're looking for, but there were commonalities that you were looking for. And so I love that. And people, when you're interviewing, you need to think about, because I think that a vast majority of people interview but yet you really have no idea what you're looking for as the answer. Right. And you're interviewing more on, do you like their personality versus core values and, you know, some work ethic things. Right. So, and what you have to realize is that some people are very good interview interviewees. They're very skilled, yep. but they're a mess as an employee. So I love, I've never heard anybody say that they did that. And I really love that idea. I do. Awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was unique and it put a lot of them in weird situations too. Cause you're like, I've, I've not, this is the only job I've ever had. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't work for jobs. I don't know what is, you know, and yeah, but it made them really think critically. And then, you know, a couple of them were like, you know, maybe I will come work for you someday. You really got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so. that, I I do. I think that's great, and I know what my homework is going to be. But uh... <laughs> well, you, you have a good point too, Martha. Where we don't really know what we're looking for when we interview. We don't mm -hmm. have that. You know, you know the fancy word nowadays is avatar, right? Mm -hmm. um, we don't have that avatar really made. Like we know um, whatever. If, like for us, we're in, in seamless gutter, right? I want a, a younger, stronger male, right? Um, that, that I know. We're live. We're live. I don't follow that because I have hired females for the position. So, um, and they're great. But like yeah. that's the that's the avatar, right? When you look at yeah. dollars across the nation, that's what they are, right? Um, and so we think like, okay, yep, this, this guy fits that bill. Um, he interviewed well. I like him. Good deal, right? Um, and you're right. They're an absolute mess, right? We don't look for the, the little uh, the little nuances and the things they say or how polished it is. Like, you know what? You're really good at interviews because you do a ton of them. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. So finding, finding that. And I, thank God I found been able to see that and I've learned mm -hmm. that and I've, I've avoided some really big mistakes and yeah. that found through other sources later on like oh good thing we dodged a bolt with that one here's what happened when you worked with me um, yeah you know yeah. So. here's the problem with us sitting side by side is I'm going to interrupt more than I would if we weren't sitting on the same computer screen uh we had a similar problem where we thought our avatar was young males and I'm saying that publicly on a live and we turned over a recruiting to a computer, an applicant tracking system. And it was amazing. We had our first female techs that we hired because 
the computer actually chose these assessments based on personality and attitude and behavior that brought higher quality applicants to us. And we didn't know. I mean, I'm like the most raging feminist I know. And I had an unconscious bias and I wasn't hiring women for that position. And now I have some really strong women that we have in our company and it's really cool. So I'm just going to say that also because I keep shushing you and and I get it. We all do it. Our listeners do it too. And and there are ways around it. Um, and now I'm going to stop interrupting. Yeah, I mean, Stephen's a perfect example. I mean, how many male admin are there? I mean, it's got to be less than 1% in the world, yeah. right? right. Um, and look at Stephen just, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. it goes to show that, um, you know, the law of averages aren't always right. So We have several males at Pink Collars. Several. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Now, I missed the first part, and I hear that you have a nonprofit. Did you guys talk about that very much? We did. Okay. All right. I won't hit on that again. But um, But, but you can talk about it from the culture perspective. Well, I love... We didn't talk about that at all. Yeah. I do love that from the culture perspective. So, but I, I don't know... You... I'm going to interrupt again. Look, I'm here. Yeah. Yay, I'm so happy. Since I, since I missed what was okay. said. So we recently started volunteering with Jeff Lights and Windows about four months ago. And Martha is like literally buzzing with excitement because she's like, do you know what you're doing for your culture? Oh, I love and it. I was like, no, I, I don't know what I'm doing. She's like, you're, this is the thing. So uh-huh. she, can I, we haven't talked, can I just tee that up for you? Sure. Like millennials want to be a part of something. And if you're trying to attract millennials and you have a built-in nonprofit related to your company, I'm going to stop talking now. You take that home. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. I, you know, people in general, but they say millennials want to be part of something bigger. And if you think about our typical field staff, they don't get the opportunity. You know, I think they don't think they have enough money to right. give and get involved in charity organizations, et cetera. Um, And by building that into part of your culture is amazing. And they've, I think it started because you all, um, they had a light schedule and they, you know, they didn't want to lose their great staff. So they're like, what can we do? What can we do? And so you all came up with the idea. Um, You've been involved in Meals on Wheels. And so you came up with the idea and you have these great new wrapped trucks that these uh, transit fans or whatever. And uh, so it was like, we can do Meals on Wheels and we're getting advertising while we're doing it. And of course used it for PR, but for the employees, I think, you know, there's so many great aspects of that, but there's just none better than building your culture. Right. And to us, the aha, which I think leads to the culture, is we've been burned a lot. Whenever I shush you, Colin, it's because I've been sued for it. And I've been sued many times over and over again. And there's no way on the record I would add that to my case stack of lawsuits, right? I live in California. I get it. But for us, we've been burned about bringing the employees too close into us or too close into our family, right? And Martha's been breaking of, of, us of that for three years. So Jeff and I have been volunteering for Meals and Wheels separately for over 10 years. 
And we never thought to include our staff. We never thought to like that they would be interested, or they would like it, or it'd be good mm-hmm. for them. And we we brought them in, and they, and just like she said, they've never volunteered before. Mm-hmm. They have no idea how intoxicating that feeling is of giving right. of yourself to somebody else who's a stranger who you don't know. They don't. They never had the satisfaction of like making somebody's day intentionally and thoughtfully. And so that I think is where she gets excited. Colin has not worked out all the details of his nonprofit and how his business will be incorporated. But I put in the comments as the note taker, I put, you're going to work towards making the trade sexy again, right? You're going to work towards showing them that like they have this opportunity to work in the trades and it's a great opportunity. Um, But yeah, to over talk and overshare, I feel like culturally what Marcia was saying, Martha was saying was that it, it makes them stickier because now they're serving with others, mm-hmm. which makes them want to stay. Like it makes the relationships that work stronger. And it also mm-hmm. makes the relationships, with the company that they work for stronger. Mm-hmm. And we've only been doing this since December and we've already noticed a huge shift in yeah. the stickiness. Wow. Of our yeah. You're, you're building, it's strengthening that community yeah. and mm-hmm. it, you know, just by adding that piece, and it's just one afternoon a month, right? A week, but yeah. It's, oh, a it's week. Two hours a week. Oh, that's right. So, but each team gets it once yes. a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so Colin will help you brainstorm how to bring this home with yeah. your nonprofit and with your business. But it. It, it's like the, it could be like putting them on an application committee. Right. So if you have these foster youth that you're bringing in from other parts of the country, you could put your team, you could make a like a culture committee or a volunteer committee that could help screen the applicants. Or it could be some like a brain. So my team at Likes Accounting, they get to choose which nonprofits we're giving to as our buy one, give one. They choose that month what the theme is. And then they feel so inspired because hmm. like, they're part of that process. I don't care. Like, I just want to give it away. Like you yeah. give it away however you want to give away. I don't know. Yeah. The like giving them that buy-in, I think is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I, you know, as you're building that community, then what you're going to find is your current employees are going to do a much better job screening new employees or even applicants for you because now they really care about their community because you've built all this in and you know whether that is in the interview process where you bring a one or two people in or um what i found was within our first couple of weeks of training they were basically our second line of defense and making sure we didn't get the wrong person in. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Right. Excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah for us, uh, one benefit we've already seen is, you know, it, it's a, it's proof of putting my money where my mouth is. Right. So like my staff here in Ludington sees that, yeah, the company is doing well, but Colin's not just pocketing it and going buying a big boat. Right or you know whatever like he's he's trying he he really means it when he says he Mm -hmm. wants to help people and um, on top of just helping the actual staff i'm helping people yeah love it love it so now i have two homeworks i've got to decide on (laughs) yeah we're gonna pass it back to you tay and then um colin so we give homework 
at the end. And that's how we're kind of different than some of the other podcasts, etc. And so we're going to each assign homework and we're going to ask our listeners to only choose one of them. And because if you do one a week, you're leaps and bounds above anybody else. And um, you can give homework or you don't have to. So at the end, we'll see if you want to do any homework. All right. Sounds good. Okay. All right, Tay. Thank you. And I'll just add to you that we do have an accountability group on Facebook. So if you need help, if there, you know, you just want to be a part of the accountability group community, there we go. Um, that's where also we do drop the homework and reminders and we make ourselves accessible to you to help accomplish those homework assignments. So marketing, I, I, we talked a lot about tying an emotional value to the sale today. So less on the marketing, more about the sale of really tying on how you're giving, right? When someone, a client is buying from you, they're really giving to a greater cause. Yes, they're buying a service, but they're also buying into a cause. In Colin's case, you know, helping foster children age out of the system and really get on their feet. There's multiple ways that you can go about doing this. And Megan did make notes in regards to making sure you're doing it based upon your state's guidelines, which is very important. So I will notate that again. But I challenge you this week to find a cause in the next for the next month of April that you want to donate to. And again, make sure you are abiding by your state laws. I do know next month is in regards to, for the month of April, it is National Stress Awareness Month. So that is something that you can really tie into a couple different ways of how you can help reduce stress. You can help your, you know, do it with your employees, different events and stuff that you can coordinate with. But I want you to uh, just think about it, spend some time, find a cause that you can tie to the business. I know a lot of people do breast cancer awareness in October. That's always one that we all know very well. And that's one that's close to my heart with my family. Um, but find something that you can be able to, you know, tie a greater cause to your services that you're offering this week. Awesome. I'm going to piggyback on that for your finance homework this week. Um, I'm going to tell you to look at your budget. And in your budget, there should be a charitable contribution line. And so whether that's going to your own nonprofit or to another nonprofit, I want you to look at that line. I want you to build in some padding in that. And I will tell you the shift that happened at Jeff Lights Clean Windows is once we had it budgeted, like we live by our budget. Everybody will tell you that like the Jeff gets told all it's on the budget. Like, but if it's in the budget, <laughs> go and buy the fancy whatever the thing is because it's in the budget. So when we added charitable giving in the budget, it suddenly made it really fun because then we were like, well, what could we do? What do we want to do? What? And Jeff made these goals from a, from a visibility standpoint. And I'm not going to share because I think there are a lot of local people that watch this and then we get hounded a little bit. I'm not going to share what the budget <laughs> is for the charitable giving, but it's significant. It's over six figures for Jeff Lights Clean Windows. And the idea is that you can be more generous because you're telling your money where to go. And and, and I think Martha's going to expand on that, but once we tell our money where to go, then we get to tell our staff where it's going because we're doing those P&L reviews with them and they get the buy-in that like the money that they're producing is going towards these things. So um, my challenge for you is make some line in that charitable giving budget. It did not start at six figures, guys. Our charitable giving budget started at $2,500 and we figured that was $200 a month and we could find that was like less than one job at an average ticket a month. We could find one job a month that we could donate. I have lots more ideas about charitable giving. We should come back to this another fight club. But for now, that's your homework. Find, find a charitable giving budget, put it in, and, and make space for it. And then be sure to talk to your team about that so that they know they're a part of that. Yeah. 
Love it. And for your systems homework, I'm going to tell you to find that opposite person in your team. Find that person that really is the Steven or the Taylor or somebody that's actually doing the thing in your business and look at them as the integrator for life, right? Colin, you might have an integrator for life on your hands and the integrator for life is going to be somebody that can really help um, understand you as the visionary and really get your, your team motivated in a, in a really cool way. And I, I would also encourage everyone listening to spend a few days this week or a few hours this week looking at the systems in your business to get yourself out of the way, right? I know that you spent a ton of time, Colin, putting together those systems so that when it was time to hire a general manager, it was a fun process, right? So you got to kind of like dig through some of the systems part and build those things for yourself so that you can get out of the way. So find your opposite and build a little systems in the mix. And so those two things are your homework this week. Thanks so much. All right. And... So I had two things I was choosing on. I feel like we've talked a lot about the, the charitable side and how you can involve your employees um, in some type of charitable work. So that's not my homework. My homework is going to be when, so your interview, when you're going through those questions, I want you to make sure that you have your like non-negotiable answer. No, I'm not taking this person kind of the middle of the road. It's not a deal breaker, but I don't love it. And then the, yep, that sounds like that aligns with us kind of answer. So, um, that it's a hard thing to do. I'm not going to lie to you about that. It is a hard thing to do. But what I did was, you know, like you say, we interview a lot of people. And so you really should have a lot of data. And so, and the best data, unfortunately, is the people who don't work out, you right. know, um, and so that's where I always went back and I looked at what they answered. And then later on, we were actually recording those interviews. And so you could go back and not only look at what they said, but what they did in response to the question. You know, there's a lot of value in that, like gestures and looking away and all those kind of Dr. Phil things but uh, how they choose their jury, you know? Um, but anyway, come up with your no, maybe, and yes answers for your interview questions. Right. Okay, and then right. do you wanna give them any homework? Yeah. I'm gonna kinda, it's like a precursor to yours. So okay. <laughs> interview, interview five people, whether they're already on your team, April, yeah. or people that you wish you could hire and yeah. build out like the qualities in um, the ad copy to attract people like that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, figure out, figure out what attracts them and what keeps them motivated and then market to that. So, yep. yep, nice, good awesome. stuff, good stuff. Okay, Colin, how can people get a hold of you if they wanna learn more and they want to near you, uh, understand what your big brain is doing next, how can they yeah. connect with you? 
know, the best, the best way to get a hold of me probably is on Facebook. Um, so really, okay, good. Yeah, um, Facebook's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. I don't have my own website or anything crazy like that. So um, they can email me as well at uh, Colin at Superior Exteriors mi.com and um, that'll work so love it and we always end with a quote and so while we were talking i found one that i thought was uh fit you and your personal style very well and it's from a gentleman named sam altman and he says that almost everyone underestimates the value of fast movers work with them and be one yourself i feel like you're a fast mover <laughs> thanks so much for joining us colin we had a great time having you. Awesome. Thank you all. Okay. Everybody have a great day out there. Keep fighting. Okay. See you Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.